Okay. Are we back? Are you ready? We are We're back. I'm again. ready. We're here again. It's, yeah, it's that time again. And it's a beautiful day. Oh my are... gosh, everyone is going crazy. It's nuts today. And I'm, I'm quite stanky, which is a good intro to our, t- part of our conversation today will be about perfumes. Mm. Because it's Liz Taylor part two. Which is going to mean white diamonds. Going to mean white diamonds and passion. Oh, yeah. And you're going to be really fascinated by what I've uncovered about perfume. But I, the question hanging over it is, is, is white diamonds an old lady scent? I would possibly say yes. Well, I mean, you may disagree later okay. on. Okay. But there was a time when I was still teaching and one of my students walked past me and said, oh, she said, you smell nice. I said, oh, thank you very much. And I said, it's, uh, it's Chanel number no. five. And she said to me, yes, my nan smells like that. <gasps> I was like, well, obviously your grandmother has incredible taste. Absolutely. So it wasn't white diamonds, it was Chanel, but, you know, it's not far off. <laughs> anyway, we'll get cracking. Okay. So we've got Hello. Elizabeth Taylor, Elizabeth episode two. Part de Part de <laughs> yeah. I have to say, last week's episode was so good, we have to up our game. Oh, yes. Follow that oh. with Lisa Pennington. Yeah. But we, we are going to try our best. Yeah. I'm Dr. Gabby Malcolm, and I'm a writer and pop culture specialist. Um, my name is Sarah Musselwhite. I am a teacher, I'm a tutor, and I am a Real Housewives super fan. And last week, where did we leave it? Okay, so we talked about um, Elizabeth Taylor, a little bit about her background and um, her husband. And one thing that I found quite interesting was um, how reactionary Elizabeth Taylor was with regard to men. And by that, I mean, so she, her first husband is an American abusive drunk. Yes. So then she marries the English gent, 20 years her senior, which ends up being a little bit boring, perhaps. Then she marries Mike Todd, the American producer. Um, And that's really sad. The only one she never divorced because he sadly died. Uh, She was then grieving, so then ran into the arms of um, her best friend's husband. Husband. Eddie Fisher, who she later said she only married because she was grieving. And harsh, then, harsh. Then we got on to the passionate affair and marriage twice to Richard Burton. Just the, li- the lifelong love affair, really. Yes. But, um, yeah. but I just, I, I found out a few things, more things about um, the relationship with Eddie Fisher, the, 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 the marriage to, to Eddie Fisher. And, um, you know, her and Debbie Reynolds went back a long way. Yeah. And, you know, they, you know, they're in the same industry. They were practically neighbours. They kind of double dated. Yeah. Um, and Debbie Reynolds was a friend and kind of that, that friendship took a bit of a hit when I, she then went off with which, her husband. Yeah. <laughs> but really interesting. And this says to me a lot about... Um, what a remarkable woman Debbie Reynolds was. She 
really um, she really blamed Eddie Fisher. She didn't blame Liz Taylor because yeah. she could see how much she was grieving. Yes, yes. If he was being a bit opportunistic. Yeah, and that's yeah. exactly exactly. Yeah. She, and there, there's this great quote which I can't quite remember, but it was like, oh, well, first of all, he he wiped away her tears. Yeah. Then then he comforted her, and yeah. then obviously he helped her with other things. <laughs> yes. Um, and they didn't speak, I believe, for about seven years. Yeah. And then they bumped into each other in 1966 and they were on the same cruise ship. Debbie Reynolds and Liz Taylor. Golly. So they bumped into each other and it was Debbie Reynolds who sent a note to Liz Taylor's room and basically said, how about we have dinner together? Yeah. So Debbie Reynolds was married to someone else. Liz Taylor yeah. was with Richard Burton. Of course, so by that time... Yeah, they'd gone. moved on. Yeah. They dined together... And Debbie Reynolds basically said, let's call it a day. Yeah. They got then had drinks together. They, she said they got smashed together. Yeah, oh, and they had a, had a great, mm. uh, great evening. And then, of course, they starred together in 2001 in a, a movie called These Old Broads, oh, written by wow. Carrie Fisher. Oh, wow. And yeah. this again tells me how amazing yeah. Carrie Fisher is. In this movie, Elizabeth Taylor's character stole yes. the Debbie Reynolds character's <laughs> husband. Oh, that's and it's brilliant. it's just again Carrie Fisher, yeah. her um she you know she she brings her personal experience into totally. her art. Yeah. And 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 she and she makes it into something that's quite funny yeah. to be laughed at. And they they did bury the hatchet. They did, yeah. They really did. Which which brings the the, the remarks about Liz Taylor in the documentary about yes. the mother and daughter about yes. the, about Debbie and Carrie into a more perspective where it it's does. like is that your moo moo phase, yeah. mother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and when um, Debbie Reynolds was asked about this, she she said, and I quote, she said, "You have to look at what life is all about, and is it worth it? Yeah. And is he worth it?" They never are. I love Debbie yeah, Reynolds. I do. I love her. I, yeah. I, we've got to. Debbie and well, Carrie. Did, Debbie yeah. and Carrie. Yeah, yeah. I'm just... I, I Watch did... that. Once you've seen that documentary about them, yeah, we'll, we'll do a whole thing on them. Definitely. Definitely. I'd love to do that. So, Debbie Reynolds was a friend of Elizabeth Taylor, um, and they then ended up remaining friends. Mm. Until Elizabeth Taylor died. Anyway, I digress because I need to. We need to. I've got a couple more husbands we to get do, through. There's so many husbands. husbands. We're into episode yeah. two. We still haven't got through no. all the husbands. So obviously we have Richard Burton married for ten years, divorced for about a year, marry again, marry again. They for, tried again. Yeah, 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 for another year, and um, that didn't again didn't work really sadly. So then again the reactionary Liz Taylor goes from the the real I mean you know you think of Richard Burton I think a real manly man working mm. class passionate yeah, yeah. Um, smouldering oh I'm getting oh, hot <laughs> I've got I've got a little I've got a little anecdote oh go on hear an anecdote yes of course I watched and I'll come back to it later um, there's a 2012 um, like a little mini film um, from Christie's Auction House, mm. which was all about the uh, sale of Elizabeth Taylor's oh, yes, yes, belongings, her yes. jewellery, the gowns, the handbags, everything. When you watch it, it's 
unbelievable. It, I mean, it's so beautiful, and the way that she is, the way that they staged it all for the buyers, the mm. photographs of her wearing the items. Mm. And anyway, the the jewellery specialist at Christie's said that he um, knew from Nikolai Bulgari in Rome mm-hmm. when they were in Rome filming Cleopatra and first together. They would go to Bulgari's in Rome and they would just browse all these jewellery pieces. Casually browsing. And Nikolai Bulgari himself would serve them. And he said he would watch Richard Burton as uh, Elizabeth Taylor looked at all the beautiful pieces and see which one lit her eyes up and gave her most joy and he would buy that for her. Wow. So they would spend the whole afternoon and they'd just buy thousands upon thousands of pounds worth of jewellery and he would just take, he would just like drink her in and just gaze at her as she looked at all the jewels and just say whichever one like lights her up, oh. she must have it. Oh. So he said oh. it was intense. It's, and, and the fact that there is an emotional story mm. to every piece mm. in the collection was really interesting. Anyway, we digress. I just thought yeah, you to know that. Yeah, but so we have the reactionary Liz Taylor. She's gone from this. Yeah. So number seven, she marries uh, a man called John Warner, who's a Republican politician from Virginia. Wow, you couldn't get yeah further from a no. boy from the valley. No, who's a you know no. fabulous yeah yeah <laughs> hellraiser. She um, she worked on his campaign, and once he was elected, she found being a politician's wife in DC quite boring. It, you, you amaze me. Yeah, I know, I know. I know, staggering, isn't it? Staggering. Going from, going from an afternoon in Bulgari's in I Rome. Know. And, and an afternoon of passion with yeah. Richard Burton to being married yeah. to a Republican and living in DC. Amazing, that. Amazing. Um, because she was so bored, um, she then, unfortunately, became more dependent on prescription yeah, drugs that was and the, alcohol. This yeah. was the, so. This is the late seventies, where yeah. this her addiction issues, yeah. yeah, and her issues with her weight. Well, it hugely affected her career. Yes, because, it was a real dip, yeah, wasn't it? It was a real dip, and I, I, I think that. The, the low period of the 70s in terms of her acting and the roles that she took on, I don't think it helped the fact that a lot of the roles that she went up for and that she made movies um, and kind of and drama, TV drama and things like that were about women who were washed up. Yes. Women on the brink yes. of divorce. Yes. A woman having to, to get plastic surgery yes. to save her marriage. Yes. You see, I just think that was as much the 1970s to blame as yeah. it was her own personal issues because Definitely. it was a horrible time for a lot of women. Definitely. There was a big reaction, mm. a big reaction to the swinging 60s, mm. to how people perceived the previous decade. Mm. And I think that has a lot to do with it. When you see the photographs of her, you know, where she's wearing a lot of loose clothes kind of off the shoulder and she does, she's very tousled looking. Yeah. Still unbelievably gorgeous. Yeah. I would give my right arm to look anything like that. Um, but it, it is that thing, like, she was really disrespected, I mm. think, as an actress. Mm. Definitely. The roles were terrible. De- terrible, yeah. terrible. Terrible. So, um, that, um, didn't work, that, mm. that marriage, and they were divorced in 1982. 
then, you know, the, the greatest story hmm. is that she's obviously um, got an issue with prescription drugs yeah. and alcohol. So she goes to the Betty Ford clinic. Gets in Betty Ford, like and you would. husband number eight. Larry. Larry Fortensky. The construction, who's construction worker. worker, yeah. Who was about 20 years younger yeah. than her. Um, he... Um, was a nobody. I mean, I'm yeah, sorry to totally, say it, but yeah. he really was. He didn't yeah. have any money. No. Um, he, um, the only reason he was in Betty Ford was because of his health insurance covered it. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to afford to go there. Um, they got married at Neverland Ranch. Yes, this is this is getting into the uh, Michael Jackson years. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they, they did stay close. I mean, they divorced in 96. She blamed her hip operation on their divorce and he also had OCD. I just think, yeah, no, I mean, what, I, I think, yeah, you could, you could just, just name the issue. Yeah, yeah, there could be a plethora yeah. of issues. If you're going to meet just someone in Betty Ford. Spin the wheel. Yeah, yeah, what should we go for? Oh, my hip, Her your hip. OCD. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah, could be anything. Could be any combination. Yeah, it yeah. could be. It could, could have been. been my prescription drug addiction, your infidelity issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But she did leave him some money in her will. She mm. left him, I think it was $825,000. And they did yeah. stay in touch. And yeah. she said she always loved him. Yeah, no. Um, I... I mean, was it... It, I don't. It, it obviously wasn't the, yeah. the Richard Burton type of yeah. love, but it was a it was a certain yeah. type of love. You know that you know that love you get when you meet someone in rehab. God, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm you uh, that know. that kind of love. There's you know, all just, sorts of love. That, that love yeah. is love, Gabby. Love is love. Let's yeah. let's let's leave it there. Exactly. So, um, yeah, they stayed in touch, but I just find it fascinating seeing we go from one yeah. husband how how yeah. she goes from yeah. husband to husband. Wings and roundabouts. Yeah. You couldn't say, did she have a type? No. No, no. No, because they're all so different. No. I mean, I, I mean, I can't imagine that many weddings. I mean, I, surely people would get fed up of going. They'd be like, oh my God, well, she's getting married again. No, they didn't, no, did they? They didn't get I suppose because they were fabulous locations. She was fabulous. And I think that also, the Larry Fortensky years, everything... That, that kind of the shift into the 1980s with Betty Ford was a real revival for her. Yes, yes. That's so, where we get into a shift and a revival of what she's doing, what she's cast in and her whole approach to work and being a celebrity, being an icon in her own time. Absolutely. And she really is the kind of the, the figure that's, that invented that yes, industry. Yes, when I think the... At that stage, that's when she gets to iconic status, yeah, yeah. and I think it it was not just because of her her film roles, because of her personal life. It was also that the the amazing work that she did for charity, yes, um, yeah, and a lot of it to do with with the AIDS Foundation yeah. that she set up, Absolutely. and the fact that she um, was very vocal in her support, yeah. Um, well, because of her friends, and, and, and that she, she didn't have, she didn't need to please anybody. She didn't have 
anything to to lose in that sense in Nothing. terms of reputational association because no. she could use her being Liz Taylor and you can't touch me no yeah and I, I really do admire her for that because at the time it, when we're talking you know if we're talking mid 80s mm. coming out and, and raising money um, for such a cause and, and supporting you know supporting yeah. her friend Rock Hudson yeah I mean that's pretty amazing, isn't it? It was amazing. People, yeah, people don't know what it was like when the whole AIDS scare happened in the early to mid eighties. This was a time when I was a schoolgirl yes. at secondary school, yes. And in like nineteen eighty three through to sort of nineteen eighty seven, and this is this is like we were. I lived in the provincial part of the UK. I had never been to, you know, a, a disco in New York. I'd never been to San Francisco. But I was being shown really, really scary, terrifying, yeah. crashing gravestones and things, videos about yeah. how dangerous it was to, to have sex, yes. simply to have sex and have unprotected sex. So much so, they were so scared, at my convent school, the Catholic nuns showed us information films and things like that of like AIDS awareness events and Jonathan Ross putting a condom on a banana oh. on live television. Brilliant. And this is in my convent school in the 1980s, which is just deeply troubling in so many ways. Um, but but that was how afraid people were of catching it. Well, yes. Of, yes. of being in contact with anybody with it. Yes. You know, and Liz Taylor embracing Rock Hudson. I know. You know on national television. And she, I mean, if you go to the Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation, she mm. one of her quotes is, "It's bad enough that people are dying of AIDS, but no one should die of ignorance." Well, exactly, and the fact that how preventable it was at the time, how preventable it still is, and it's thanks to those organisations that there are so many drug treatments now. Absolutely. That the whole circumstances around a diagnosis are totally different from what they were 30 years ago. Absolutely, and um, just thinking about that, you know, Elizabeth Taylor, her her great friendship with Rob yeah, Hudson, yeah. Um, you know, he... Rock Hudson was deeply closeted. So closeted. So it was such a it, sad he, life. The the the, yeah. the phrase was he was hiding in plain sight. Yeah. He was so unbelievably handsome. Yes. So so good looking. Um, I mean, you know, Joan Crawford told him to just use his imagination. Yeah, yeah. She was always up for a challenge, as we know. Yeah, yes. And really. Um. And I watched. Um, I watched an interview, a, a clip of an interview on YouTube with Rob Hudson when he was talking about Elizabeth he Taylor and mm. the interviewer says, well, how would you describe her? And he said, she's an earth mother. Yeah, yeah. And he said, she cares for everybody and everything. And he, yeah. and he had such a, a strong connection, a strong friendship with her from when they... Um, did the film Giant yes, together in yeah, 1956 yeah. and of course that they were with James Dean as well That's in that right. um, and I think um, Rock Hudson and James Dean were both sort of vying for her attention yeah. and they both yeah. they both felt that they could trust her and they both spent yes. a long time talking to her on a one-to-one -one basis yeah. and um, Elizabeth 
Taylor says that she felt very comfortable with them as friends. Yeah. And, you know, she never spoke about Rob Hudson's private life. No. And I mean, and yeah, that's a true could, friend. Yeah. And the same with, with, with James Dean and Montgomery Cliff. Absolutely. These she, troubled actors. Yes. And she, she had so much sympathy for Rob Hudson. And she felt very, very safe with him. Yeah. And um, Montgomery Clift. Oh my gosh, another oh, I just, beautiful, I think about beautiful him, man. Just my heart. I know. So he was, you know, obviously yeah. one of the original method actors. And um, Elizabeth Taylor met him when she was supposed to be his date for the premiere of The Heiress. Yes. yes. Which I watched yes. The Heiress again last week after we talked about Montgomery Clift. And it just broke my heart watching it. It's such an amazing v- version of the Henry James story. So it's incredible. And then the tragic tale. So in, in 1956, he was at Liz Taylor's house. Um, he'd literally was just going he, in Beverly Hills. He was literally going down the hill, and uh, some people say he fell asleep at the wheel, but I don't know what happened. But he, he crashed his car. Um, Elizabeth Taylor heard the crash yeah. from her house. She ran down the hill. Yeah. She pulled him out of the car. She had to pull a, a tooth out of his tongue, I believe. And she stopped. Then paparazzi yeah. were swearing around. And yeah. she stopped them taking a picture yeah. of him. And she said, oh. if any of you do, I will make sure you never work again. Yeah. She stayed with him until the ambulance came. Yeah. And then he had to have plastic surgery to yeah. rebuild his yeah. face. But then turned to alcohol yes, for the pain, pain. and just... he he never ever recovered. No. But one thing I found out about her, she obviously stayed with him. They were really good friends, and she actually put her salary down as insurance to help him get work. And he was yeah. supposed to be he was supposed to be in reflections yeah. in a golden eye <clears throat> with her just before he died which he never did, and then was replaced by Marlon Brando. And she wanted to help him, so she she was going to do anything that she could to help him. And do you know what? She never commented on his sexuality until 2000, when she was being honoured for her work with the LGBT community. She she then said he was gay, and he was her closest confidant. Oh, don't, it, I'm really genuinely going to cry, actually. I'm really... You know, but I just think... so moving. It's... Yeah. You know, you just can't imagine what these men yeah. went through. You think being about... Being in the public eye, yeah. having to live a different life. Just... It's heartbreaking. Awful. And just to know that, that she was there for them and yeah. they could talk to her. And there was obviously something about her that they, they knew that they could yeah. trust her because this isn't yes. just one person. And it's having someone as, as influential and as powerful as her on your side that you know you can trust. Exactly. In a world of just horrible, yeah. you know, manipulation yeah. and, and, and anybody will sell a story on you yeah. and try and trap you. To know that you can trust somebody like her it just goes yeah so that because he his story always breaks my oh heart my God. it's his, heart, heartbreaking it's, heartbreaking and he was such a good actor yes. that's the thing because you could debate about how good an actor someone like rock hudson or james dean or these yeah. beautiful men were yeah montgomery cliff was a genuinely mm. brilliant actor mm. genuinely mm. brilliant but i think better than marlon brando 
better than you know people who and he just and he and to lose him mm. and you know because he he was in so many things and he was so good and I think he was head and shoulders the best actor of that sort of generation and, and then to know after his accident when he had to have plastic yeah. surgery and he couldn't he couldn't get yeah. the work again yeah, and and he yeah. must have been living in such pain but it t- shows us a different side of Liz Taylor that you've got the 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 woman who would steal her friend's husband yeah. and although Debbie Reynolds blamed the man yeah, yeah. um blamed Eddie Fisher yeah. but then you've got the the, the confidant to these mm. men mm. it it yeah, it shows that. I think that there's. I think the overriding thing that is coming across is about how she started out so young, so she had to learn how to navigate. Yes. That industry. Yes. And not just the Hollywood industry, the film industry. A little bit like Joan Crawford and Becky Davis had had to navigate the film industry. Yes. Liz Taylor had to navigate film, television, celebrity... Personal life. Personal, the because celebrity be, industrial... Yes, because there was so much control over yeah. her. So if, you've got, if, you've, if you're a child that's had no choice, then you are going to be reactionary, yeah. jumping from one thing th- to the next, because yeah. this one's too abusive, this one's yeah. too old and boring. You've had you no know, guidance. No. You've had no, no model no. of how to, no. to learn and live. And I think that's what drew her to these people who are vulnerable. Yeah. Definitely what drew her to Michael Jackson. Yeah. And to befriend him and yeah. to be like she became a mother to him. Yeah. They that's... were so frighteningly close. What? So, so what have you found out well, about that? Well, I'll, I'll take you back a little bit. What I'm going to start with is the kind of awareness I had of Elizabeth Taylor began in really in the 1980s and then I kind of backtracked. So at about... 16, 17, it was the awareness of her activism and of her launching herself as this icon and this celebrity. Um, and that it was the creation of these different perfumes yes. when she started appearing on television yes. in these ads. Um, they started appearing, and it's the sort of thing that made my mother say, who was of her generation, my yeah. mother was Liz Taylor's generation, would be saying, Is she still going? That's the sort of thing. Yeah. So I always thought, well, she's quite old. You yeah. Know, she's quite old. But she wasn't. No. In the sense that my mother no. wasn't old at the time. Um, middle-aged, yes. But what seems really interesting is that transformation that took place from the 70s, that real sense of washed up. Yeah. And the roles that she played and how she was, you know, pit the pills, everything. The 1980s saw this renaissance yeah. Liz. And when you look at those images of her, she got that glamour. Yes. Back. Yeah. In a in a slightly in a very eighties way. A very eighties way. The, yeah. the hair, the big earrings, Swooping, I, I, the shoulder yeah, pads. Yeah. Sort of, and I see her in big yeah. shoulder pads in a lilac lilac yeah. colour. I want you to Google um, uh, on YouTube. Look on YouTube. I want you to find the Elizabeth Taylor White Diamonds TV ad. So Elizabeth Taylor, white diamonds. There's an air, it's black and white, very moody. Oh, Paparazzi. she's a movie, movie star. She's yeah. coming out of a play. <gasps> With very oh. glamorous bouffant hair. And there's some men playing, drinking, drinking oh, playing poker. Oh, 
Yeah. And she's taken her, her pendant earrings off, the white diamond earrings, and she's put them down on the table for the poker steak oh. and saying, these have always, always brought, brought me luck. luck. And it's like she's referencing herself and her fame. And her and her jewellery obsession. And the jewellery that she's known. And the paparazzi are in it. It's yeah. black and white. Yeah. It's very 50s looking. Yeah. Yeah. Men in Panama hats. Yeah. Propeller planes. Yeah. And then kind of and then there's a young man and an older man. Yeah. And the younger good looking, a bit of a Mel Gibson type of that era. Yeah. And she's kind of siding with him. She's noticed him as she's got off the plane, and she's and so it's a whole a whole drama but she's, in thirty seconds. She's looking good there. Very she's good. definitely lost loads of weight. All dressed in white. Yes. Singed in waist. Yeah. Big hair. Yeah. Black big hair. Diamonds everywhere. Because she's gone from that, like you say, that that sloppy, slightly puffy looking yeah. end yeah. of the seventies. Yeah. She's, she, it's almost like the 80s really suits her. The 80s suited her. And yeah. I'll tell you for why. My theory is this. She bought Passion. Her first perfume with Elizabeth Arden came out um, in 1987. Okay. And White Diamonds came out in 1991. Okay. So she's in that wonderful height of the 80s. Yeah. In that kind of cusp into the 90s. And um, her career in the 80s was really interesting because it a lot of it was comprised of TV miniseries yes a TV movie of Agatha Christie oh, with the, Rock yes, Hudson yes Mirror Crack that's right Loved with it. Rock Hudson yes. as her director husband yes yeah. and she played a washed up movie star she plays a washed up movie star but who is still adored yes so she's doing all yes. this self-referencing yes. with him working with him yes. clearly after his diagnosis yes. but nobody knew it yes um and she did loads of cameos yeah. in TV soap operas. Yes, yes. She was in all those different American soaps. Yeah. And she came on as a kind of as her, herself in a kind of iconic yes. role as a glamorous older woman who shakes things up. Yeah. And very similar to Joan Collins in Dynasty. Yes. You know, it was though it, it it paralleled those years. Yeah. They both did so well. They did. The eighties yeah. it was it was like made for them, wasn't it? Was, it? Totally. You know. And that's one of the things like you were saying about the real housewives, about that thing, where you suddenly started seeing yeah. these women and older women yes. Looking really yes, good yes. in really glamorous television yes. roles, yeah. making the most of themselves, yeah. in love affairs, getting remarried, love affairs with younger men, yeah. And compare that to the seventies. Yes, you just didn't. Seventies, I think of it, it was so it was, bleak. it was it was Roger Moore, James Bond. God, it was so yeah. sexist. It was Dolly Bird still. Yeah. The the only thing about in the seventies was like Charlie's Angels, but even they had two male bosses. Yeah, they were controlled. <laughs> they were just controlled what to yeah, do. Yeah. By yeah. everybody. No. But I then agree. you got someone like Liz Taylor coming on screen, and no one's telling her what to do. No. And in this advert for White Diamonds. She's in control, and not only that, but her fragrance lines made her more money than her entire movie career. Good God. The 11 fragrances that she made with different places like Elizabeth Arden, she also had the House of Taylor jewellery yeah, line, yeah. and it she made more money 
um, out of this, out of at what the value of her property at her death is estimated to be in the region of about a billion dollars. Wow! And and it was the it was more money from the perfume than from anything else that she was ever in. This so really so interesting. I think when people buy um, a celebrity perfume, you're buying mm. into that. You want to be like them, don't you? You're, yeah. You're buying into that brand, and obviously yeah. that. You know how she was presented, how she was marketed. Really, yeah. a lot of people wanted that. A lot of older women wanted that. A lot that. of older women, which is where it gets its reputation for being an old lady scent. I, I think that's. Have, I think that's unfair. Yeah. Because when you list when you list the description of it, it has top notes of neroli, lily, and tuberose. So flowery. Yeah. But the middle notes are orris, narcissus, and amber, with a base of sandalwood, patchouli, and oak moss. So it's sort of like I think it's like a cross between a perfume and an aftershave. I, I think it's like it's flowery, but it's powerful. To be honest, Gabby, that doesn't really mean much to me. I'm, I yeah. need to find out a bit more about yeah. perfume. You'd have to sniff, yes. sniff a sample. Yeah, of it. I would. I would say if I'm popping into a department yeah. store, but I, I'm not really doing that at the moment. No, we can't. No, we can't but all go and have just samples. Just in terms of those descriptions, I do know that the top fragrance is flowery. But the actual bottom notes are more kind of spicy, sandalwood, okay. chewy, very spicy, more like aftershaves. Okay. So I think it's a bit like Liz herself. I think that's the whole principle of oh. um, of something like a fragrance that you okay. build and you say what appeals to you. I'm sure she'd like something quite pungent. Oh yes, she would. Yes. She'd need something strong. But it has actually, unlike a lot of the strong 80s fragrances from that period, like Poison, all oh, those ones that Lulu. everybody was drenched. I, 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 I loved I, Lulu. I was, I was drenched in Lulu. I won't hear a word against Lulu. I, I was drenched in Lulu. But other things that. like kind of Poison, yeah, poison and those was very strong. Obsession. really strong ones, yeah. I think this, you can still get it. You can yeah. still buy white diamond yeah. gift sets. You can yeah. still get it everywhere for Christmas for your nan. Is there. Amazing. So I don't think that, you know. I know I know what I'm getting you for your next birthday then, Gabby. Trouble is, I have no sense of <laughs> no, smell. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I suffer, I'm coming out everybody. I suffer from anosmia, which is a lack of a sense of smell. Well, there things. you go. So, you know. So I, I, I surmise that I might be stanky. So I do wear perfume for other people's benefit. <laughs> I kind of guess according to humidity and my natural musk that must be coming through at times. She's leaning back now, <laughs> listeners. Sarah's leaning back. But the thing that I really admire about her from the 80s is the fact that she she this was the start of the ill health yeah. that really, yeah. really dogged her. Yeah. Um, but she was, I think, working harder than ever before and that she was like reinventing herself and I think that she was and she was really getting a lot of command and that's when it's when she started really making the money yeah off her celebrity because the sort of the, the film and television career the film career certainly dried up yeah but the tv career was actually there was moments where it really flourished she also went back on stage she tried to found the Elizabeth Taylor Repertory Theatre Company and she did like a couple, she did some performances with Richard Burton. They still yes, worked together yes, and acted yes. together, but the critics were so unkind. They performed on Broadway and the critics just, all they talked about was how ill they both looked. And this was like in the early, just into the 80s yeah. and just before he died. Yeah. 
so it was almost like kind of yeah you know I mean it was there was this thing of like oh well they're on the way out you know and there was a lot of 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 commentary you know um and how cruel that kind of commentary was I can imagine it that you know that is very yeah. cruel for her at that yeah. stage because that she's age. in her she's in her 50s she's then. in her 40s and 50s yeah and she's talked about as being really washed up yeah. and of course that's that cruelty mm. for women over mm. the years yeah and she defied that and she went on to live a really long life mm. and you know yeah she then became an old lady and yeah. she had grey hair and she looked old yeah but that's fine yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to look the way you looked at 17 no come on no absolutely yeah. not absolutely so not. I think that was that's worth mentioning and and in the same way um I think, you know, I'm reminded of when Marlon Brando reappeared on screen for the Superman movie in the late 70s and was absolutely notoriously difficult but was paid for about 15 minutes of screen time a million dollars. And there was a big kind of like hoo-ha about it. Well, you know, there's no way that she would have been granted that kind of leeway in the late 70s. You know, she was allowed to be a washed-up divorcee. Yes. You know, and, and but she really defied everybody. She came back from it. And, you know, and I think, you know, she she did so much for other people in that yes in yeah times. and like you say she reinvented herself because she had to yeah and um was actually more successful with her perfume range yeah in many ways more well, financially yeah, exactly. than her um yeah her career before her so we so, come to the 90s and her friendship with Michael Jackson. Yeah, so I, I found out a little bit that she met him six months after the death of Richard Burton in August 84. Yeah. And the, the thing that got me, um, the quote was that they became hooked on each other. Yeah. So Michael Jackson showered her with gifts mm. and then she would return gifts. She bought him an elephant called Gypsy. Yeah. Now, if you go to the YouTube um, clip, which is 90, Christmas 1992. Okay. Which is um, Michael Jackson and Elizabeth Taylor spending Christmas together, and it's their home video, and Gypsy the Elephant features on it. Wow, I don't really know what to say. <laughs> about that yeah so the the home video um which is like the kind of personal footage from elizabeth taylor and michael jackson of christmas 1992 which was his first christmas yes being born and raised jehovah's witness in the jackson family clan he didn't have christmases no um, he so got a lot of super soakers though. Yeah, apparently that was you were obliged to have a super soaker water pistol fight at Neverland Ranch. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very, very odd dynamic. It's just totally bizarre. But ladies and gents, this is what happens if you don't have a childhood. Exactly. Let your children play. Yes. I think it's really, <laughs> really evident. It shows Neither of them had a real childhood. They didn't, and it shows his naivety. Um, and I, I think I can kind of see why they were kind of drawn to each other. Mm. Um, yeah. She, um, oh, apparently, um, 
his the, the, his bedroom it, it had an Elizabeth Taylor suite. He had a, a suite called the yeah. Elizabeth Taylor Suite yeah. in his run, yeah, which he named after her. Yeah. She um, she was the one that persuaded him to buy yeah. the Neverland Ranch and to, to move out yeah. from his parents. Oh. oh, yeah, of course. He was still... Yeah, gosh. Um, and... She actually staged an intervention for him in 1993. And what was that to help him? With his prescription drug addiction. And I think she staged another, I think was it 2006 or something? No, not 2006. I can't remember whether it was at number number two. Because he was, obviously, he was dangerously addicted to hugely, you know, like anaesthetic drugs. And I guess Elizabeth Taylor could see that. could see that, yes. Yes, with her... Mm. um, her, her similar issues, yeah. but that is, yeah. It's an interesting thing, and one of the things towards the end, that, um, the, the, she teases him about the fact that he's never watched any of her films, and they've got like a kind of little personal joke going. And what it is is that he he had watched her films, but only the films of her when she's a girl. So oh. he's kind of a little bit. It strikes me that he's a really. He's a little bit in love with that... With that, the National Velvet. The, national, the nine, ten-year-old, twelve-year-old yeah. Elizabeth Taylor yeah. in the black and white movies. Yes. And, he's, and he gives her the tapestry, yes. which is like a monochromatic yes. tapestry of, of her face from one of her yeah. movie stills. It's almost like he, he's got a fixation with yeah. her yeah. That, uh, that I think she kind of allowed... She kind of allowed it, but you can see her trying to be very maternal and... Help yes. him in yes. lots of well. I mean, giving him his first Christmas is yeah. very sweet. And for Liz Taylor to be standing outside your door saying, "It's Christmas! It's the spirit of Christmas coming to haunt you," in that voice. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, the mind boggles. This, and the two of them together is the one of the campest things I've ever oh seen. Oh my gosh! When she's arriving with the pet elephant, yeah. I mean, yeah, that is. I, I mean, can, <laughs> can it be any more camp? And she's in an. Kind of Arabian Nights belly dancer gypsy costume yeah. with massive big hair yeah. and a gorgeous jeweled kind of um, outfit. Oh my god, you can't the, make this no. stuff up. No, it's, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, it's just um, which is why I believe that um, the the sort of thing that's like a kind of slight urban urban myth that became very controversial about them. Uh, about Liz Taylor, Michael Jackson, and Marlon Brando, and what happened after the 9 11 yes, attack. Yes, tell me about this. Well, the idea was, and it was put out by several writers and journalists at the time, that they had, the three of them had fled New York City in a, a, a car yeah. and made it as far as Ohio. Oh, um, okay. Everybody denied it. All of their people denied it. Elizabeth Taylor's people went to the extent of saying, no, 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 she didn't leave the city. She went and she comforted people. She went to a church where she prayed. She went to... And then she visited Ground Zero and spoke to first responders. So they put out all of this alternative story that mm. this is what she'd done. But the evidence is that actually a couple of nights before 
there was a huge tribute night yes. to Michael Jackson yes. for like a 30th anniversary in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Yeah. So there were hotels packed with celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. Liz Taylor was in one hotel, Michael Jackson another, Marlon Brando near Michael Jackson. And when the attack happened, yeah. apparently Michael Jackson panicked and was screaming, running down the corridors... Um, and was saying we have to get out we have to get out of New York and we have to get Elizabeth out okay and so much so there is so much kind of going for this story that actually writer Zadie Smith wrote Mm. a short story in 2015 which was published in the New York magazine um, called Escape from New York and you can read it online you know and there's lots of articles and things that cover this um and then there was also a very controversial movie that was made in 2016 by Sky Arts, yeah. which depicts this flight from New York in, in, in a car, and they drove across country. Who was driving? Uh, I think it was Liz. I think it was Liz and, or, and Michael, I think it, but mostly Liz. And Marlon Brando sat in the back. Yeah, he's got to be in the back. I yeah. picture him in the back. And what they got fed up with was having to stop every sort of 20 miles or so for fast food for Marlon Brando, that he insisted on stopping at every IHOP and every KFC oh, on gosh. on the highway. And apparently they got as far as Ohio. Well, that's still pretty so, far. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, you know, quite a road trip. It is. But because... Um, Michael Jackson was played by Joseph Fiennes, the British actor, Ooh. brother Ooh. of Ooh. of brother of Ooh. Ray Fiennes, okay. Lord Voldemort. How things have changed in the last four years. Yeah, and it was only four years ago. And of course, the Jackson family and lots of people objected to a white actor playing an African American role, and the film was actually pulled, and mm. so has never been seen. Do you know who was due to play Elizabeth? Or who... Stockard Channing was. Oh. The film was yeah. made. Oh, so, so, yeah, yeah, the oh, film I exists. See that. Yeah. Oh, the wow. film exists. Yes, it's who's, made. Who's Marlon Brando? I can't no. remember. But you can see clips of it. There were clips. There were clips of it. It's made. It was going to be broadcast. <gasps> so it exists somewhere. So I'm sure we can probably try and watch it online. Oh, I yeah. thought that deserved a whole a whole episode yeah. in itself. If we that's, can track down is... a copy, wow. and maybe maybe see more than just some 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 excerpts, we can see what they actually did with it. it would be very interesting. Really interesting. Again. Again, it's, you know, there are question marks hanging over it, but there are aspects of it that say that would be typical of Michael Jackson at the time. He would have wanted to do that. Yes, I can imagine... Yeah. It, it, it doesn't seem yeah. completely and of ridiculous. Course. But then we have just watched a clip of him celebrating exactly. his first Christmas exactly. and being presented yeah. with an elephant so ten, by Elizabeth Taylor. So that ten years later, they would load up a car with Marlon Brando and, get and the escape. Because yeah. they didn't, nobody knew what was going to happen. No. That's the thing no. to remember about 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. No one knew what was going no. on. No. And in the hours in which the planes actually hit the buildings yeah. and then the buildings were coming down, nobody knew what was going to no. happen. No. So the fact that they were, were getting out of the city, loads of people were doing the same thing. Well, yeah, exactly, thing. I don't blame yeah. them. And, and it's not as if they could necessarily have re- required their staff well, no, because to start about their helping options. them escape. They couldn't yeah. fly out. No, you can't fly out. But, no. You know, they couldn't get public transport. Everything was grounded. Yeah, so they would have yeah. to get a car. Mm. So actually... See, you know, it makes perfect sense. 
this strange story makes perfect sense. And the fact that they purloined the car from the hotel garage, you know, the kind yeah. of underground yeah. garage. So they managed to get a car and they managed and they were go- just getting away because they thought the whole city was under attack. Yeah. And they didn't know what was happening. I think it needs a whole episode to yeah, examine. Why not? I Let's think we need it. to go for that at, at a future date. One thing uh, that I found really interesting about um, Liz Taylor and Michael Jackson is she is buried um, at the same cemetery as him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, isn't it? She, they are, they're uh, both buried at Forest Lawn in California, yeah. and she apparently one of the options was for her to be laid to rest in Switzerland with Richard Burton. Oh, God, yeah, Jill, wow. But be a, yeah. She, she, it was her choice. Yeah, to move on from yeah. that, yeah. So, yeah, they are, Yeah. No, I don't think they're next to each other, but they are near. near, very near each other. Well, I think that was, from all the evidence, for the two of them, they were the most significant relationship that each had yes. in during at least up yeah. until the yeah. death of Michael Jackson. Yeah. And the fact that she obviously always endorsed him, she never believed any of the accusations about the, the child abuse mm. and things like that. But of course, you know, these things, people keep lots of elements of their lives hidden from yeah. the people they're very close to, yeah, you know, yeah. by definition. Yeah. You know, the person that he most trusted and that he was closest to and didn't want to lose their respect, by definition, yeah. if he was guilty of these things, yeah. he would have kept it from yeah. her. Yeah. But, you know, you... you you never know, and that's you know that's a whole other that's a whole other topic. Will we ever know? But so, what are we taking away okay. from two weeks of Elizabeth Taylor being steeped in her world? Um, what I'm taking away, I believe she was a true icon. Mm. She mm. really was a true icon. Mm. She reinvented herself. Um, she was somebody who was old school, controlled mm. by the studio, controlled by her parents, then very reactionary in her personal yeah. life. I would l- probably, the the image that I would like to remember is her of Cleopatra. Yes. Um, and the, the, the great love of her life was Richard Burton. Totally, without question, yeah. The others, Nobody well. Came close. No. And and yeah. had she had she been around now, maybe she wouldn't have even she probably wouldn't have even married half the other ones. Well, exactly. You know, I she think, wouldn't. Yeah, I think she married her fling. She did. She you know she did. She, she didn't was, have fling. Yeah. She, she she had to get she, married. Yeah, she married them. She wasn't. It's like you know now. It's like you know she she didn't ratchet up that many partners. No. Really, when you think about it, and no. she married most of them. I would I would say similar things. I would say the things that really have struck me is the sense of vulnerability that's just under the surface that she really did put on you know her most beautiful and brave face Mm -hmm. for so much of what she was dealing with but that vulnerability just below the surface so I love her in Butterfield 8 Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf exhausting to watch but I love her in it and in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, those sort of things. I love the Liz Taylor of that period. I also love the Liz Taylor of the 80s. I love White yes, Diamond's Liz yeah, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, I think her just 
you know, the presence that she brings to a 30 second advert for, for, for smellies, yeah. you know, for Christmas yeah. smellies, yeah. is just all class all the way. And, and that's what makes her camp. The brilliance that she, the, the brilliance with which she attacked her acting career yeah. and did her absolute best to try to be founding a theatre company, you know, mm. to really, to even try to found a theatre company, yeah. and it and it didn't work. But the fact that she tried, the fact that she had artistic ambition as long as possible, I really admire. Yeah, and I I admire her support for the LGBT community, yeah. um, for setting up her own charity, for research into AIDS and 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 AIDS awareness. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. I really admire that about her and I want to remember her in the poochie caftan with the turban the eye makeup the cigarette God. and a martini. Oh, in fact, Gabby, I might go home we're gonna... and recreate that myself now in my garden. Sunday tea time. Sunday tea time. Watch out, kids. Mommy's here, yeah. dressed as Liz Taylor. Darling. I know. In oh. fact, let's do it. I'm exhausted after two weeks of Liz. <laughs> I need to go and have a lie down. Thank you for Thank listening. You. We'll be back with we'll you soon. We'll be back.